Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Book Club on Sunrise Robot, where our only agenda is more reading. I'm Jeanette. I'm Susan. And we today we are here with a special guest, another longtime eclectic reader, Meredith. Yay! Yay! Hi, ladies. Hello. Hi, Meredith. Why so- don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, I've known these wonderful ladies since college, and I joined the Eclectic Readers back in October of 2010. So I've been around for a while. (laughs) And actually, the first book that I read with them was uh, The Book Thief, which was a great way to start my book clubbing. That was a wonderful book. That was such a long time ago. Oh, my goodness. I know. know. Hard to believe. And let's see, I'm trying to remember what all you guys talked about on your first episode, because I love listening as well. Uh, So let's see, favorite genres. Yes. I love fantasy, sci-fi, I mean, pretty much I love everything. Um, Historical fiction, Shakespeare, pretty much all the books. That's what we're about. (laughs) And my favorite book, I mean, well, that's, that's hard to really say. I would say one of my favorite books is To Kill a Mockingbird. I've read it probably four or five times. And because I've read it over the course of growing up, I feel like I get something different out of it every time I read it. But of course, I also love Harry Potter and The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings and all of those good fantasy novels. Oh, yeah. And let's see. my, My first... I guess my first memory of books. I don't, I can't say I remember what book I read first, but I know my mom still has home video of me coming home from preschool reciting nursery rhymes that I learned because mm-hmm. I always love to perform. <laughs> and then probably one of my strongest memories as a child with books was uh, my, my father would read out loud to us The Hobbit, and he had this like enormous beautiful illustrated hardcover version of it so we could fo- follow along with the pictures while he was reading Ooh, so that's amazing. a nice memory that's still yeah. that book? yes oh, that's great <laughs> yeah so i still flip through it when i go visit oh, yeah, that's awesome <laughs> yeah it's really sweet that is really cool so that's a little bit about me yay i'm so glad you're guesting with us this month yes yeah i'm really excited so, Meredith is here guesting while uh, Tara is unfortunately unable to be here. But Meredith's also going to be coming back next month. Why is she coming back, Susan? <laughs> You're making it sound like it's my fault. <laughs> yeah, it's not your fault. It's the little one's fault. Yes. Babies have their own schedule to go on. <laughs> I have no choice in the matter. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll be on a pretty much a sort of maternity leave. Um, the day, uh, when we release kind of really coincides very closely with the due date and it's just going to be a hectic mess. So <laughs> yes. I'm very our, exciting. <laughs> our next real life book club meeting is on Susan's due date because we plan really well. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So it's like, okay, you know. I'll see you when I see you. <laughs> yes. So Meredith's here. Yep. We're excited. Yes. 
Um, really great. But <laughs> along with being excited, how are you, Susan? <laughs> oh, I'm good. Uh, work has actually been a little less hectic. Whoa. Been months and months of crazy, crazy overtime. So that was nice. Which means you think, hey, she gets to read more, which is false. Because uh, <laughs> I've been working on my Christmas crafts. So it's been a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, that, you know, Christmas is coming up soon, so once that's over, then maybe I can, like, you know, read. <laughs> that's cool. Making mm-hmm. anything cool? Um, I am making Christmas cards for the family. Oh, nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So, um, I'm almost done. Um, it's just, it's like a time-consuming thing, <laughs> so. I'm sure. Yeah. But it's nice to add your special touch. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So, how you doing, Jeanette? Um, I'm doing really well. My semester just finished, grad school-wise, not teaching-wise, but yeah. Yay! Um, Yeah. No, I'm so excited. Three classes is too many for any human being. (laughs) But um, I'm also embarking on a couple of new adventures over the next few weeks, so I'm really excited. Um, One of those is going to be house hunting. Ooh. That's fun. Yeah, stay updated for that. I might have my own little recording studio from now on. Or maybe not. Well, Well, you you can dream, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Gotta believe in the dream. (laughs) Um, Well, let's get down to talking about books. And why don't you guys tell me, what are you reading now? Susan, you want to start? Sure. Um, I am reading a book right now called Black Eyed Susans by Julia Heberlin. Um, And it's, this has been touted as a gone girl girl on the train oh man i know (laughs) (laughs) this is for another book club that i'm part of um and i was like oh no (laughs) here we go again Uh, yeah (laughs) um i i started it i'm like a third of the way through almost and uh it's not bad it's pretty good i think it's a little more compelling than girl on the train um it's still a little more different than gone girl um, so it, it's like a mystery. This girl is, uh, part of like a serial killing and she's a like sole survivor. And the man that they supposedly convicted is not the man. And the man who's really did it is still stalking her. So she's trying to find out who it is. Um, so they can like get the innocent guy off of death row. So it's interesting. Wow. Yeah. And, um, that sounds cool. It, it, it pretty is. intense. Yeah, it is. Um, so, so far the writing is pretty good. Um, it's in first person, and it goes back and forth from when she was a teenager to now when she's an adult trying to um, free the guy. So, yeah, not, not bad. It's not bad. Not fantastic, but it's not bad. It's definitely better than Girl on the Train. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you said that it's another Gone Girl comparison book because... As I was, I was driving to work maybe the other day, and my phone beeped. So, you know, I get out of the car, check my phone, and it's a notification from Kindle on my phone telling me, hey, you've read this, uh, these other books, like Gone Girl, read um, this book. It's the next Gone Girl. And I don't mm. remember what book it was. Yeah. But I was like, 
No. <laughs> no more. Not again. Yeah, I, I wish I had written down what it was, but I remember thinking, I'm going to have to say that in the podcast, so I'm glad you brought this up. Yes. <laughs> Apparently all the books are like Gone Girl now, so. They are. They are. Right. What it about you, Meredith? suspenseful thriller. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Well, I just finished up Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain. Which is definitely the next Gone Girl, right? Oh, well, yes. (laughs) Oh, man. So suspenseful. Uh, No, it was was good, though. I I always loved watching uh, his show on the travel channel, No Mm -hmm. Reservations. Me too. But I'd never actually read any of his books. So I figured, I'll start with the first one that kind of put him on the map. And, yeah, it didn't disappoint. It was good. And it was also... It was really interesting because the way he writes is also the way he talks. So I almost felt like I could hear him talking in my head because I was so used to hearing him narrate his show. So that was pretty cool. And I learned a few things (laughs) about, uh, so apparently don't eat fish on, I believe it was Sunday and Mondays. He says it's a little dicey because the fish has been there since Thursday usually. So there you go. There's a little tidbit. And so, yeah, I just finished that up, and now I just started A Darker Shade of Magic by V.E. Schwab. I heard, you know, a a few of our listeners, and I believe Tara has also read it and really Mm -hmm. liked it. So I'm just getting started into that, maybe 10% through so far. Uh, This past week and this upcoming week, I have a class that I'm taking for my job. So, again, I've had homework, and I haven't gotten to read as much, so that made me a little sad. But so far, it's good. Oh, I'm so jealous. I really yeah. want to read that. I read Vicious by the same author. I think I talked about it in a previous podcast. I think so. And that was a great book. So I'm really looking forward to reading that one. So you'll have to tell us more about it next month. Sure. Yeah, I figured it was a good time to read because I believe the second book is coming out in February. Oh, cool. Oh, so you don't have to wait too long then if it like really hooks you. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's great. <laughs> How about you, Jeanette? What you reading? Oh, yeah. I get to talk about my books. I forgot. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am currently reading Spook by Mary Roach. And, of course, Mary Roach is the science writer. We've talked about her stuff before. This one is her book on the afterlife. So I just started it yesterday. So I'm mm, not even a third through. But um, she's kind of already examined reincarnation and the soul. And um, she's going to go through and talk about all the different kinds of beliefs that people have about the afterlife and kind of look at them from a scientific perspective. For example, like reincarnation, she followed around some scientists that um, they study stories of reincarnation mainly in India because that's where a lot of the stories come from. Um, and I mean, it's so far, it's okay. It's not quite capturing my attention um, because I didn't kind of like how the first chapter started because of course she's in you know in India an American and she's it, it kind of had this like first world looking at India like you know there's mud in the street and there was a rat that crossed my path and everybody thought that was cool and it's not cool and um, that kind of bummed me out about it but it got better towards the end of the first chapter, and then it got started getting funny. So I'm really excited about that. And um, also reading Mo- Moby Dick on audiobook, which I know you guys don't believe, but I really am. Wow. <laughs> yes. I am reading about a whale. 
for our <laughs> listeners, I don't like large sea animals like fish or fish. whales, or <laughs> especially sharks. But I am reading Moby Dick. I know it's not just about the whale. So <laughs> I'm trying to do that by audiobook. So just some light reading on the side then, yes. right? Right. <laughs> you know me. Yeah, only uh, only doing, you know, two or three books at once. But that's but completely normal for a bookworm, I believe. I think it is, too. <laughs> yeah. I, I think so. That's yeah. how most of the people I know read. And even when I tried to stop, I did try to stop earlier, and it, I just kept reading mm-hmm. things on the side of things. Yep. Which is probably good because, you know, we have the Eclectic Readathon coming up. We'll need lots of things to read. Yay. That is true. I'm so yes. excited. Yes, I am too, because it is this week. So, podcast listeners, you're going to be listening to this on the 15th, hopefully. And that gives you four days to prepare because our readathon starts the 19th at 8 p.m. Eastern Um, Standard Time. Eastern Standard Time, (laughs) of course. So, that, of course, will translate depending on where you are. Mm Mm-hmm. But um, we wanted to make it so that most of the readathon itself happened on Sunday. But we want to end before everybody has to start thinking about going to work on Monday. Mm-hmm. So we're starting on Saturday 19th at 8, and then we'll end Sunday the 20th at 8. And again, this is all Eastern Standard Time, so adjust accordingly. Um, reading checks will start on the 20th itself from 6 a.m., and we're going to release those check-in challenges by Thursday, and they're all going to be like little breaks, and it'll happen about every two hours. Yep. And they're going to be simple, fun things, you know. Mm -hmm. Quick paragraph to check in on our Goodreads thread, so we can all encourage each other. And um, And it's nice to take a break from reading, you know? Yeah. And interact with real people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, be social, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Real people are people, too. (laughs) Woo! Be social! (laughs) Yep. And so um, that's about it. The reading challenges themselves won't be released until Saturday 19th at 8 p.m., right at the beginning of the readathon. So you will have them as you get started, not in advance, but you can start prepping your reading check-ins a little earlier (laughs) because we know some people like to be prepared. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, really? We have planners in the group? I don't know what you're talking about, Meredith. There's not a no color coding happening over here. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it, the, everything's going to take place on our Eclectic Readers group page on Goodreads, which we'll put the link in the show notes. Yes. Um, so there'll just be a, a, a dedicated thread, so there won't be any confusion of where you can find it. Yes. So yeah. that thread will probably be tossed up around the same time the check-ins go up on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Because yep. that's where you're going to find the check-ins. Yep. So, look for that. Yay! Let's see. I so, don't know how much reading I'm actually going to get in, but I'm excited. <laughs> well, we'll just add more challenges for you. Oh, thanks. So, more, cha- <laughs> more chances to get points for the little yep. reading you do do. <laughs> right? That's all right. As long as it's just more reading, I'm good. It really is. That's kind of the point of this. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's a good excuse to read all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we like to earn points. We like to compete a little bit. But the point of this is really to just have a day where you treat yourself to as much reading as possible. Mm-hmm. Yep. So don't get all worried, you non-competitive people out there. So one more topic that I wanted to talk about before we get into our main read 
is the holidays because we are in holiday season and it's time to start making some wish lists. So I want to ask you guys, what is on your holiday wish list? All the books on my to read list now. <laughs> yeah, Pretty <same>. much. <laughs> All right, guys, you're done. Go shop. Go look at our wish list. You know what's Take your us. pick. <laughs> no, like if you were to pick the five top things book related that you would want, what would be on your list? Why don't you start, Susan? Okay, um, there's some that might be considered cheating, but it's related to book reading. Yeah, it's a book <laughs> um, related. So this is in no particular order, it's just in the order that came into mind. Um, but graphic novels, um, they're usually more expensive than regular books. Right. Um, so and I've been really into Runaways. Like I read like the first story arc and I really liked it. Um, so something like that would be nice. Um, a day of reading, like just oh, yes. more time would be so wonderful. <laughs> so pretty um, much you need a coupon book that just has a day of reading in it. And yes, exactly. It like this is my day of reading. Go take the kids and go somewhere. <laughs> or <laughs> let me go to a coffee shop. <laughs> oh, that would be nice. Um, an annual Audible subscription. Because um, I do like audiobooks. Ooh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. And um, along those lines, the Narnia audiobooks is what I'm really hankering after. Ooh. Yeah. Um, there's some awesome, famous actors that I would love to read those books to me. <laughs> yes. We talked about that. Yeah. Love, love those. Mm-hmm. And um, lastly, this is pretty much like uh, in line with what I'm doing for Christmas. Um, I've recently got into this hobby called quilling paper quilling um, where you curl strips of paper and it makes an elaborate design Um, really beautiful and I borrowed this book paper quilling for the first time at the library and I had to renew it twice and I realized I'm not going to (laughs) finish all these projects (laughs) in this book so I might as well just buy it at some point so I can like keep working on it you know that's so. interesting. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really pretty, and some of the designs are just so elaborate and beautiful. So probably won't get to that stage, but it, like it's something that I'm actually like really starting to like. So it'd be nice to actually have the book for reference, you know? Yeah, yeah, that'd be that's nice. really cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was looking when you added this into our notes. I looked up the book, and I was like, wow, those are pretty designs, and that's just the cover. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So how about you, Meredith? What's on your wish list? Well, these first couple are kind of my inner child coming out, I suppose, but they have Harry Potter coloring books out now that look pretty awesome. (laughs) So cool. Because who doesn't (laughs) like to color, especially Harry Potter? Oh, yeah. And then they're also starting to come out with uh, the Harry Potter illustrated hardcover versions, and they just look gorgeous. Not that I really need another set of hardcover Harry Potter books, but these have pretty pictures. Yeah, no, illustrated books are so pretty. You always need more illustrated books. You find the right artist to do a book, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And let's see, I also want to start another another set of books, The Red Rising and Golden Sun by Pierce Brown, because again, uh, the third book is coming out, I believe, in February of 2016. So I figured, yeah, I'll read the first two and then finish up with the third here shortly. 
And then another one, I, I randomly found this, I think it was on one of the Book Riot lists of things because I'm always reading their articles and lists of books. But it just sounded pretty interesting. It's called The Millionaire and the Bard, Henry Folger's Obsessive Hunt for Shakespeare's First Folio by Andrea Mays. And I love Shakespeare, and it pretty much, it sounds like it's a book that follows the making of Shakespeare's first folio, and then it jumps, you know, hundreds of years later to uh, Folger actually trying to find these. And as you know, we have the Folger Shakespeare Library in D.C. Right. That I still need to go to. Oh, it's but, so pretty. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we're going. But uh, on, So it, it would just be okay. interesting to kind of see how that all started. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, that's funny you mentioned the Harry Potter coloring book because I've actually had one. Um, gosh, I think it was like a Chamber of Secrets one or something when the movies were coming out and they came out with mm. coloring books. I remember I bought one. Yeah, that was so long ago. <laughs> Do you still have it? No, I think I colored all the pages so I threw it away. <laughs> but then you could like have your art. Listen, I did a lot of moving. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, moving. That's yep. rough. <laughs> I'll give you that one. Yep. So, <laughs> what about you, Jeanette? What do you want? Oh man, I want all the books, as we <laughs> said. But um, so, on my list, speaking of pretty books, is *The Sandman Dream Hunters* by Neil Gaiman, of course. And that's um, what that's not actually part of the Sandman series. It's one of the later installments, but. It is so beautiful. It's an illustrated version, and the, the pictures are so pretty that I bought, I borrowed it from the library, and I was so upset that I didn't just buy it because I wanted to like frame all the pages. Oh yeah, <laughs> so that's one I want, so I can just look at things. I think illustrated books are really great uh, holiday gifts. My dad actually gave me an illustrated edition of The Princess Bride a couple years back, and it's just gorgeous. Aww, I, it's so pretty. Um, which is, uh, and it was also like meaningful because the very first copy of the Princess Bride I ever had, my dad gave me. So, yeah. Oh, that's sweet. so sweet. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so, um, along with like special edition things, I w- really want the Narnia audiobooks too. Um, I love. I've listened to two or three of them so far. I love how the actors narrate them, and I know I've talked about it before, but I can't say enough good things about them. So I really, really want them. Mm-hmm. Um, and You're Never Weird on the Internet by Felicia Day. <laughs> which, huh. yeah, um, you know, Felicia Day is, you know, super geek queen. And um, she's always just seems like a fun, quirky person whenever I see her doing anything. So, And I've heard good things about her book. So I'd really like to read it. Um, also on my list is basically anything from storyarts.com. They do a lot of like t-shirts and gloves and scarves with like book prints on them. And they'll like write the text of the book on like a scarf or on a set of gloves or something. And they're just so pretty. And yeah, I checked it out. Oh my goodness. Are they gorgeous? Uh, I want it all. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I want just about anything. Like, especially like a scarf or a set of books. Like that would just be Mm -hmm. so much fun to like wear around. They're so pretty. And they have, they're they're mostly like classic books that people love too, like Mm -hmm. Alice in Wonderland and Pride and Prejudice and Jane Eyre. I love Jane Eyre. So it'd be Mm -hmm. such a good one. Um, 
and the last thing on my list combines all my nerd loves books <laughs> and Shakespeare and yes Star Wars um, <laughs> William Shakespeare's Star Wars which is by an author named I'm going to say his name wrong so I apologize but Ian Dosher I want to say and he what he did was he wrote the story of Star Wars in a Shakespearean style but Shakespearean English and it comes with illustrations and I'd seen it over the summer in a bookstore and I got really excited about it I totally forgot until a few days ago when I heard somebody else mention it or I read about an article and I was like oh my gosh I forgot about that it's that sounds amazing (laughs) doesn't it sound like so much fun iambic pentameter Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> That's really fascinating. That's an interesting mashup. <laughs> but at the same time, it sounds so perfect if you think yeah, about it. Like, I feel like it would work the, really well. Yeah, the yeah. epic arc of Star Wars. Yeah, totally fits in Shakespeare mode. Yeah. <laughs> Completely. It does. So I'm really, really excited. Uh, I, I'm going to put that on my list, too. In fact, I should do that later today. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, hopefully you'll get some of the books that you wished for, guys, because we need more books in our lives. That's all we I really have to do. Say. <laughs> yeah. We never have enough books. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I keep, you know, telling my husband every time I bring a new one home. They just yeah, don't seem to I, quite understand, right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> as long as I get the digital copy instead of a physical book, my husband's okay. <laughs> Except for Emily's books. Emily's books are always physical books. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Although this, she has a few books that are ebooks and she likes to swipe and tap and stuff. But <laughs> yeah, that must be exciting. <laughs> yeah, a little hectic though. It's like, we haven't done reading yet. Stop turning the page. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so cute. Okay. So, and along with more books, let's get on to our main topic here. Woohoo! Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda. Woo! It's quite a title, but um, it's a young adult coming-of-age story. Um, it's about Simon, who's your normal high school kid with a normal life, friends, and worries, except there's a bully that's blackmailing him to hook him up with the girl that he likes. Um, and if Simon doesn't comply, the bully would out that Simon is gay to the school because Simon has not come out of the closet yet. Um, however, he does take solace in his email pen pal, Blue, um, who goes to school and Simon finds himself falling for him more and more. So the question is, who is Blue? And how can Simon stop the bully from blackmailing him? Because that's just mean. <laughs> um, Very mean. It really yeah. is. He's just so awful. <laughs> he is. Yeah. But we can get into that later. Yes. <laughs> um, so <laughs> with that, what was one thing that stood out to you for this book for you guys? Um, I think for me, one of the things that stands out is that, you know, a lot of people I think took away from this was like, oh, man, you know, this is such an interesting story about, you know, a, you know, a gay kid. And, I, and my thought was, you know, it's 
a lot of the things he experiences aren't actually unique to, you know, being a gay kid because, you know, being a gay kid, you're a kid who happens to be gay. And I think his situations are common to so many teens. And I think it's kind of sad that people think, oh, man, you know, you're not straight, so you must be different. But I think that it's really cool that this author conveyed the similarities between, you know, this kid and the people around him so successfully. And it turned into like a really charming story where I could really empathize with a lot of what he was going through, even though, you know, I'm not a homosexual teenage boy. (laughs) No, (laughs) you're not. (laughs) No, I'm not. (laughs) Just in case anybody wondered. Um, yeah, no, I completely agree. I was thinking, like, do we really need to talk about the fact that he's gay? And this is, like, this pretty much circles around the fact that he has gay and he hasn't come out yet. I'm like, no, it doesn't really matter. That's not the whole picture for this right. book, I think. So I think it's just dealing with the situation at that age. You know, a huge life-changing kind of situation. So I do agree with you. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and and that's the thing. I think we are all able to identify in at least some aspect in the book. I know for myself, it, it did make me a little nostalgic because I was that, you know, drama kid. You know, I was in drama, I was in choir, I was in show choir, which was actually very cool at my school. It was very hard to get into and it was cool. So there's that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you make these really good friends that have these same interests as you and yeah and like you said it just it just happened that he was also gay but there's always things that teenagers are having to go through you know you have all of these firsts in your life whether you're gay or straight and so I think it was it was an interesting way to kind of view it yeah definitely that's Uh, true the thing that really stood out to me, um, especially because it makes a lot of people nostalgic about high school, um, you know, think back in those tumultuous years, um, is that the writing was really realistic. Um, there were moments, the awkward moments were just totally just felt so awkward. <laughs> just felt for oh, the yeah. characters like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, God, I... I, you know, I cringe now. I was cringing then. Like, You're like, is, no. Yeah, it's just, oh, I, I don't want to go back to that those times, you know? <laughs> um, so I thought that was really, really amazing um, was how realistic the author wrote the book and the characters. Um, so, and um, with any of the characters, did you guys identify with any of them or a group of them? Um, I would say that I identified with different characters in different ways. Like, for example, I did move in high school, so I did identify with Abby, but I also identified with Simon. In because you know I did going to different places, I would make friends, but I sometimes felt like I didn't fit in because I was moving to places that where I was different from the people around me. So I felt like. Yeah, I felt like Simon, like, I fit in, but I don't fit in, in those mm-hmm. kinds of ways. Um, definitely identified with Leah, like, when uh, 
and I know we'll talk about this later, but when Simon came out to Abby, I really was like, oh, this is going to destroy Leah. She's going to be so upset. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like different ones in different ways. And yeah. They, and that to me was kind of part of that charm was like they were all so very relatable to me. Yeah, I agree. I'm pretty much in the same boat as Jeanette. I felt in the, in the sense I could identify with Abby for the fact that I also moved during high school. And I was fortunate enough to click pretty quickly with a group of people that, you know, kind of helped make that transition a little easier. Because it's, it's not easy moving in high school, especially when you, you know, you have a core group of friends that you've grown up with. And then you're having to start over with people who, again, have already been together for years. So it's nice when you can find, you know, that group to identify with. But at the same time, I feel like all teenagers still, but people don't get me or, you know, it's just, that's a teenage thing. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely, I mean, I think when having moved in high school, you'd agree, Meredith, like, you know, when you move to some place, like you said, everybody knows each other, but they also know all the rules of like the school culture. Mm-hmm. And when you move, it's like I I don't know that I don't know that this happens in this school or that this is really code for that, and it's true. hard to kind of. That's true. Yeah, and and maybe mine might have been a little bit opposite because I know they said Abby moved from D.C. to a suburb suburb outside of Atlanta, so she probably went from a pretty big school to, I would assume, a smaller one. I mean, maybe, maybe not. Uh, But I was the opposite. I was at a very small school in North Carolina and then moved to a huge school in Florida. So it was a very different culture, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's always a little difficult. Who did you identify with, Susan? Um, I would say with Leah the most. um, I actually went to the same high school um, all four years, uh, we'd, I didn't move to Jersey until I was in sixth grade. So, um, but <laughs> I still felt like Simon, you know, or even Leah, I feel like they just still felt kind of left out. Um, yeah. and Simon kind of points that out through the book in the beginning when he's introducing Leah is, yeah, she hates feeling left out and she'll like, you know, thoroughfare and she hates being you know not in the know that type of thing right I mean I wasn't as bad as her but it's like I don't really quite fit in exactly like I would be in the middle and then be like a Venn diagram all around me you know like I have my chorus friends and then I have just like friends to hang out with from class and you know what I mean so yeah um, yeah uh, yeah, so that was so that was one reason why I identified with Leah the most. Like she kind of kept things internal, which I do a lot. Um, so I really, really felt for her. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, just those high school days, man, they're rough. They are rough. I would not go back to that. A lot of people yeah. say it's like the best time of your life. I'm like, no, no I don't know what high school. Yeah, I don't know to. about that. No. <laughs> Um, so it's great that we were able to identify with a lot of the characters, though. though um, the author is a clinical psychologist. Um, and I'll share the link of the interview uh, that, that she talks about, you know, how her work helped her write this story. Um, but she worked a lot with teens 
And she, she actually worked a lot with teens who were se- struggling with their sexuality, you know? Um, so she had, like, a lot of knowledge. Um, do you think that is shown in her writing? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. It actually makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I like I said, I thought the characters were very realistic. I really felt them. But I think that definitely comes because, again, not being gay myself I you know it was it th- that part was interesting to me the struggle that Simon was going through like it's not he, like him being like this isn't really a big deal but it's a big deal to me because of these reasons and I feel like she really conveyed that like well yeah like, she made me understand it one of the things is like if someone's an expert or has experience with something they tend to go a little overboard um where they kind of the, the character just like has all this knowledge and it's like how do you know this <laughs> right right yeah then it's not quite as realistic yeah it's like how did you do a lot of reading I mean how how did you know about this specific thing that this might be the problem that you have or you, you know what I mean like I feel like if someone has too much knowledge they go overboard with what they know and, and then it shows in the character and it doesn't really quite become believable anymore right and I think she did a good job of not going quite that far, but she mm-hmm. did show a lot of knowledge in this. Right. Yeah, I think yeah. she found a good balance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Agreed. I agree. Um, and uh, one of our um, members brought up this uh, really good point. Um, did you feel like Simon's family was unrealistic? Um, and some, I mean... They, okay. they were pretty hilarious. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I want. I really want to say no because they're kind of weird and like hilariously so, and I feel like that's really true to life. Like, I mean, you guys have met my dad, so you know that my dad is hilariously weird. So, in that sense, sorry, Dad, if you ever listen, um, I love you. <laughs> but in that sense, you know, it's, so maybe it is kind of realistic, but overall, maybe not. Like, there's some things that I just can't see people doing, but that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Like. I could tell it's so weird that it could be based on reality. So, well, and yeah, and I know we were, we were talking in our discussion about you know do do parents really sit around and watch was it the Bachelor or the Bachelorette? I don't remember which one was in the book. They're the I same. Yeah. One, of, one of those two things. Do the families really sit around and watch that together? I mean, maybe maybe they do now. Right. That, that wasn't really a thing when I you know when we were teenagers. Right. Uh, so possibly it was realistic. You know, and I'm sure there are. There's got to be some families out there that are just really close like that. And but overall, I don't know if the majority of families are like that. Yeah, and there's some things that, like you know, like maybe not my dad in particular. My dad and I do share a lot of the same like love for like sci-fi and sci-fi shows. So there's and also um, like British comedy. So there's some shows that like we don't sit down and watch and like call each other about, but you know, we talk about them. We make reference to them. So right. there's that. And, like, my brother and I, we have shows that we watch and then we, like, call each other about. So I can see that happening. But Yeah, yeah but yeah, aside from the, the TV watching part, um, I mean, my family and I, like, we're not super close, but uh, we're probably, like, a stereotypical Asian family. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Even just their closeness of how they know each other, you know, um, 
and with how the parents speak to the kids about situations and things like that, I feel like I feel like that's a little more realistic. Um, yeah. Where they're close, but at the same time, it's like, but I don't want to say anything because you know, it's like a super huge secret. And I don't want to say anything. Um, the younger sister, shoot, I forget her name. Like she didn't tell anybody that she was in a band. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That they all had their little mm-hmm. secrets and. And I think that's pretty true to life. I mean, even yes. if you are close with your family, you're not going to tell them everything. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So her, the younger sister had the secret of you know being in a band, and then the older sister what, had a boyfriend, and the, you know Simon was gay. Um, so, and uh, but yeah, so I feel like that part was pretty realistic. I feel like. Yeah. Um, you have these. And, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and there was that quote um, about, like, everything's a big deal to my family. And that, like, I can definitely get behind. Like, there's things that, you know, you don't want to say in front of your family or in front of your parents or whatever because, you know, it's a big deal even though it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually, I that was one of the quotes I highlighted. Uh, it says, you know, that's my family. Everything's a freaking secret because everything's a big deal. Everything is like coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I actually, um, the, the discussion, I actually came up with this pretty great theory, I think, <laughs> of why, um, you know, because I mean, with our family members and with our close friends, like everything becomes a big deal. And it's like, I don't want to tell them because I don't want this to be a huge deal. Um and it came to me that it, because we just went through potty training, so that's why it's like super fresh in my mind. Um, <laughs> you're super encouraging to little kids and toddlers, you know, because that's what they need and that's what they want. They want that super big encouragement that they did a great job and that they're, you know, wonderful and that this, they just did this thing really well and they keep doing it continually. And kids like that even when they get to elementary age, you know. Well, then when you're a teenager, you kind of don't need that anymore. <laughs> yeah. But it's ingrained in the parent to be, like, super encouraging. <laughs> so, right. I think um, that's a great point. Yeah. yeah I think it really is. Yeah, so it's not that they're, like, trying to embarrass you or anything. It's just that's how we're conditioned to right. praise I mean, you be, and encourage that would you. Be a hard, yeah, exactly. That would be a hard thing to switch off as yeah. a parent. Yep. So, I mean, that's 10 years of doing the same thing, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I don't need this anymore. It's like, oh. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to change, like, my whole way of, <laughs> you know, cheering for you in the background. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, I mean, I see where the embarrassment comes from, but it just hit me. I was like, oh, my God. It's like, it's not really entirely the parents trying to be embarrassing. It's like, it's what they're used to. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, I mean, as a teacher, I always feel bad when I like react really excitedly because I teach high schoolers Mm -hmm. and I feel bad when I react like really excitedly to something that like a student tells me because then I know like I'm being like the embarrassing nerdy teacher (laughs) and they're like no stop it please please stop (laughs) (laughs) but it's also because you know all the books about you know kids and everything all the theories said you know kids respond really well to positive reinforcement and positive exactly. encouragement and stuff like that. And it's true. I mean, that's why the books say it. Kids respond really well to that. Mm-hmm. So you want the kids, you want to encourage the kids because you want them to feel good and keep going. And it's just kind of hard to change the tone, I think. Because yes. you are excited. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. And you want to show your your support, you know, and that's like you know, what you're used to and what you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was like, that was really interesting. It's like, okay, so when my kids are older, I've got to remember, like, they don't want this kind of encouragement anymore. <laughs> Let's try not cool, to embarrass them. Be cool, Mom. Be cool. I know. <laughs> Let's pull a, it back a little. A little more, yeah, exactly. A little more subtle with your encouragement. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which actually... Um, what did you think of the times when Simon came out by himself, not from the Tumblr post? Like, did you think that was... Oh, you mean like with Abby? Yeah, with Abby and his um, parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you think that was pretty realistic to a reaction then, like of seeing the parents' side and her friend's side? Yeah, I guess... Yeah, you can hope that that would be the reaction that people would just be like, oh, okay, that's, you know, thank Mm -hmm. you for letting me know. Right, right. (laughs) You know, and and I guess trying to not make it such a huge deal Mm -hmm. because it's just, it's just who they are and they're being true to themselves. Yeah. But I I do kind of understand his, his thought process when he was telling Abby versus, you know, telling Leah or Nick first. And um, I think he said, you know, somewhere, you know, referencing that it's just it was easier to come out to Abby because really he'd only known her for a few months. She didn't really have any preconceived notions or ideas about who he really is because she just met him. Mm -hmm. And so I I can see why that would be easier to come out. But I can also see why that would really hurt Leah's feelings. Yeah, I mean, it's such a big part of who you are that with, you know, you don't tell your best friend, you kind of feel betrayed. Like, as a best friend, you feel like you have, you have these rights, you know? Like, I get to know all about you. <laughs> and I don't yeah. get to know about this huge portion of your life and who you are. Um, yeah. So I can, I can definitely see that. Um, but I can see the fear, too, is you're afraid that that person's going to look at you differently and you don't want them to because that's why you love that person and why they're your best friend. Yeah. You know, and you don't want that perception of yourself to change in front of your family and close friends. Right. And and even if they're totally cool with it, it's still it's still not going to be exactly the same as it was before. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, because yeah. they have a different picture of you now. Right. Yeah. But I also think, you know, it ha- also can be when you have something to tell somebody and... In Simon's situation specifically, you have somebody like Leah who does make things a big deal and Mm -hmm. does get very sensitive and things like that. It can be very difficult to talk to somebody like that. Mm -hmm. You know, so I can sort of see like how you want to be like, okay, I need to tell somebody who's going to react a certain way because I'm not comfortable talking about it yet. Yeah. So... It was like some people like to talk to strangers, you know, about serious things because there's less judging, there's no perception changing, there's, you know. Like, right. It's just well, like, and I guess that's kind of what he was doing with Blue. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was all anonymous and they got into some pretty deep, deep conversations that he probably wouldn't have had with someone face to face. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which brings me to my uh, next question, because I feel like it was split at the discussion. Did you enjoy the email correspondences? 
I really I, did. Yeah, I thought they were cute. And and yeah, and, and some of it was flirty and silly. <laughs> I mean, good grief. Simon loves Oreos, apparently. <laughs> For real, man. Man, those Oreos. I know. Uh, but, then, but then he had some really interesting, thought-provoking points, too, when, when they were kind of getting into who they are and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how uh, just all the different things that make them who they are. Yeah, and, and it, was, it was a really good two-way street because even Blue was kind of, you know, venting to Simon you know, about his stepmom being pregnant and how that would change the family dynamic with his dad and things like that. Like, that's, yeah. that's pretty life-changing stuff, you know? For sure, yeah. And uh, he would actually say, like, yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. And it's like, you don't, you know, have those conversations sometimes in person. Yeah. With someone you know. So, yeah, I, I also enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> someone just cracked me up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the flirting was really cute. And just the part that really got me was, like, they both checked their grammar before they sent their emails. I was like, oh, my God, you guys. <laughs> well, obviously. Okay, I do that, too. So, um. Of course, you have to revise. You're not going to send something with bad grammar, missing a comma. I know. Heaven forbid. So cute that they were like admitting to it, though. You know, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I I check my email like three times to make sure the grammar is correct before I send it to you. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it was really cute. (laughs) Well, it's also like one of those things, like especially like when you're like starting a relationship with somebody, Mm -hmm. you're like, you know, oh, I got, I got check this text I gotta make sure that this is okay I gotta check my yep. outfit like four times <laughs> and then like you know you get there and the person's like oh man I like that sweater and you're like yeah I checked it four times <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's just one of those silly little things you do when you're starting up with somebody mm-hmm. and it's great mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I loved it I thought it was really cute and I, I mean in general I don't mind that kind of storytelling like the letter writing thing mm-hmm. but it has to be like well done like Yes. When it's not well done, it's the worst thing in the world. And, but when it is well done, like, I really enjoy it. And this was really great. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. <laughs> yes, I agree. Normally, well, it's like diary style writing, you know? Like, I'm yeah. not usually a huge mm-hmm. fan of it. Because, like, who writes their diaries like this? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Excuse me, but... Yeah, and I think it was a good ratio. It wasn't... That wasn't the whole book. You know, yes. we did get to see him in real life as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it made me sad when the email stopped. I was like, "Oh, they're having a yeah. little, the little disagreement." <laughs> it's like sad face. <laughs> oh man, when um, when Simon comes out and he thinks like Blue may have seen it, and they don't have emails for a minute, I was like, <gasps> "Oh no! Oh no! They can't stop the emails there." <laughs> <laughs> yep, I got a little panicky. Yep. <laughs> Um, so with the Tumblr blog, um, excuse me, that came out, um, it's kind of a random character to throw in here, but what did you think of Taylor's reaction um, to the bullies that were harassing Simon once he was outed on Tumblr? Because she was so ancillary, like, she was just mentioned every once in a while, you know? Right, yeah. and, and she was always kind of one of those annoying people who's the best at everything and wants exactly. everyone to know. I thought it was kind of interesting. I wanted a little bit more, I guess, background. It seems like it was something that really, really 
touched her personally, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like, I wonder, does she have a close friend or family member who's had to go through this? Or kind of what, what made that set her off so, so much? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was just so out of the blue. And, like, this is a, a very pessimistic way of thinking, but I was like, is she doing this to get, like, PR points, you know? Right. <laughs> like, she's doing it for show. Like, oh, this, you know, bullying is bad, you know. So I need to, like, show people that, like, I really disagree with bullying, and so I'm going to, like, attack these guys. Like, that's a really pessimistic way of thinking of it. So I, I don't want to think of it that way. I want to think that she's just a better person than that. She really just wants to um, support Simon, even though they weren't close. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I thought it was for show, but I was, like, surprised by it because it seemed kind of out of the character. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I expected the character to be not negative necessarily, but maybe more like slow to approach Simon, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of like, oh, unsure of like how to talk to him maybe. So I didn't expect her to be all up in arms defending him, but I thought it was really cool that she was. And I really wanted the author to kind of like follow up on that. But thinking about it, I was like, oh, okay, that's probably not realistic. You know, that's not the way high school works. You don't just, like, walk up to somebody and be like, hey, why did you do that thing that you did? (laughs) Like, you don't do that when you're a teenager. So I was kind of glad that she didn't follow up because it made the story more realistic. But it did leave, like, some unanswered questions there. Like, hey, what was that about? Right. Yeah, I kind of wanted her to, like, oh, and then Taylor came back into the auditorium and went to Simon and said, hey, I got your back or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> I'm doing this because my best friend, you know, or something. Right. Yeah, so, just a little something. It just seems so random because I think it's, like, a really cool thing to do, but it just kind of happens and then stops, like, so suddenly. Right, exactly. Yep. Um, so do you agree with thinking that everyone has to come out? Yeah, I do, in a way. I mean, I think everybody has those moments where they feel like they're coming out. Like, they got to make a big announcement or they got to, you know, reveal something about themselves to somebody that, and they don't know how they're going to take it. And I think that can mean different things for different people, you know. And I, it's not always going to be something as, you know, completely picture-changing as, hey, I'm gay, but it's... I think it does happen to most people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree, especially at that age. You're just, you're learning so much even just about yourself. And, uh, you know, a lot of firsts in life <laughs> start there. So, yeah. yeah, I think there's there's different different coming outs that everyone has. But, yeah, exactly. Like Jeanette said, maybe not quite as, quite as big as, as <laughs> you know, that. But I, I thought it was interesting. I think it was probably, it must have been in one of the emails back and forth where they were saying, yeah, we, I, I think everyone should have to come out. Everyone should just have to say whether they're straight or gay at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I guess in a way we do by, by who we date. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. But then again, there's those people who, you know, I, I don't know how to put this, I, but there's those people who do you know, go out on straight dates. I don't know how you put this, but 
and even though they're gay or go out on gay dates even though they're straight so i mean i think it's mm-hmm. you know high school in general can be confusing and yep. yeah 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 mm-hmm. It's a lot of emotions running through. You can only deal with so many, you know? Yeah, that is um, true. And I think the author showed that really well at, uh, by the end of the book because you have Leah and Simon's sister where they're in the band, you know? Like, their coming out was performing. Um, and then there's obviously Simon. And then, gosh, what was I, I was just thinking of something else and now it totally slipped my mind. <laughs> Pregnancy brain. (laughs) It's so bad, guys. It's so bad. Um, But I like how she shows that, like, there's there's different ways of coming out. Like, I don't mean just your sexuality. Like, any big thing that potentially can change your lifestyle or who you are is a coming out. Um, And I mean, honestly, I think they should. But at the same time, it's like you really shouldn't have to. I think. You should just be who you are and just, you know, people are like, oh, this person is blah. Okay. You know, like I I want there to be a time where it's like you don't have to make this whole big show. It's more like, hi, you know, introduce yourself. I'm so-and-so and, you know, this is my partner. This is my boyfriend, girlfriend, whomever, or I do this cool thing or this is my hobby, you know, like just... In conversation. Right, where, where, exactly, where it doesn't have to be a, a big thing or a big yeah. deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I know you you highlighted that quote, Meredith, about like the defaults, um, mm-hmm. where white shouldn't be the default any more than straight should be the default. There shouldn't even be a default. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's and a great I, quote. I think that's really what you're talking about there, Susan. Mm-hmm. Like, there shouldn't be a default. It should be like, hey, I've met this person and I'm just going to get to know them and who they are. Right. Exactly. No matter what that is and mm-hmm. what that means for their lives or my life or whatever. Yeah. Just, just complete acceptance of who someone yeah. is. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, because in the end, you know, it's not going to be about, you know, their sexuality or their race or their whatever. It's going to be like, do you get along with this person or not? Mm-hmm. And I mean, that should be what it comes down to. Yeah. Definitely. And yeah. I, mean, and I, I hope that's what we're moving towards. Is me too. <laughs> where we don't have to have all these defaults. People can just be who they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't think you have to, you know, be the same as somebody else or agree with, you know, what, you know, they think or whatever to just get to know somebody and get to decide whether, you know, oh, I like this person. We should be best friends or eh, all right, you know. Mm-hmm. They're all right. Let them live their life. I'll go my way. Exactly. You know. Let's just like everybody, okay? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, there'll be people you don't like, but at least like you yeah, accept then, that person for who they are. But you don't like them because of yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, you don't like them or whatever. You don't have to do things like you know, make their life difficult or mm-hmm. even blackmail them, Martin. Or blackmail them. Uh, <laughs> that's just awful. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I know he wasn't blackmailing him because he didn't like him, but... Okay, it's just just such a... uh. Yeah, so can can we just talk about him? Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Martin. This is... is, Okay, so this is basically um, the Bernard 
Yeah. And, well, in a way, it's worse than Bernard because I like, you know, I wanted to like Martin. Martin wasn't always, you know, a jerk, but yeah. when he was a jerk, he was a real jerk. <laughs> Although I will say that the conversation where he's like blackmailing Simon, that you know, that first chapter is hilarious. And like, wait a minute, am I being blackmailed? I'm being blackmailed right now. It's a hilarious chapter, but it's not a hilarious thing to do. No, it's a jerk thing to do. Well, especially because right, yeah. Martin was not thinking he was blackmailing him, Simon. Right. Which confused like, me. So I'm like, what? what? What do you think you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> And and also because, like, it's one of those situations where there was no reason for it. Like, there was nothing stopping him from just being like, hey, Simon, I kind of like that girl. Will you introduce me? Like, if there had been something in the way, like, Simon legit didn't like Martin or something like that, I Mm would have understood it. But I didn't understand where he was coming from. Right. Like, it wasn't like Simon was a mean guy or Simon hated Martin for, since they were three years old or something. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's not like Simon really had to go out of his way to even help him. I mean, they were already in the musical together. All right. Simon really had to do was say, why don't we go run some lines after school? I mean, mm-hmm. good grief. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I mean, other than him inviting him to the the Halloween party that he w- wouldn't have been invited to. That was really the only thing he went out of his way to do for him. Yeah, or to set up like the line running. They, you know, but yeah, yeah, that was that's something that even they almost didn't even need Simon's help. Like Martin could have just walked over to them and been like, "Hey, you guys, what are you doing?" Because they were all in the same place at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. I mean, it would have been one thing maybe if he'd never actually talked to Abby or didn't have any classes with her or something, and he'd just seen her from afar <laughs> and said, well, well, you're good friends with her. You need to help me. But, yeah, he had every opportunity just to stand up and do it himself. Yeah. I oh, have man, a lot of lines. Man. You have a lot of lines. Maybe we should get together and run lines. Yeah. But, you know, but I, ugh, he yeah. really bothered me. Uh, and, uh, you know, and it bothered me at the end specifically because, you know, you think that Martin's learned this lesson because he's crying and he's so upset that what he's done to Simon's life. And, you know, and I loved Simon's speech to him. I thought he, like, made some really great points to, get to Martin being like, you know, you just, you took away my power to control mm-hmm. my life. Yeah. Um, I... And, you know, he didn't realize that. And then he's he's figuring that out. And I was like, oh, man, he's making this great, these great connections. And then Martin says to Simon, you know, if I had it all to do all over again, I would have blackmailed you into being my friend instead. <laughs> and I'm like, swing and a miss. Like, really? seriously. <laughs> Lesson not learned. Right? Yeah, yeah you're so close. <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on, Martin. How about we just don't blackmail people? Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, and the way he did it, too. I mean, oh, putting it out on the tumbler and just the yep. nastiness that he put behind it. And, oh, yep. uh, yeah. that was just, that was the worst. He's pretty bad. Like I said, yeah. he's just, like, nobody liked him. He was, like, the Bernard, uh, you know, in this book. I mean, at least Bernard had some reasoning behind the way he was acting. You yeah. know, I mean, feeling like 
his means were justified in the end by helping to save the silo and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, that's another yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I was going to say, Martin does have, you know, teenage angstiness on his side, to be fair. Yeah, but he doesn't have <laughs> right. much to and be uh, angsty about. He's a nice yeah. kid. No. Like, yeah. Abby enjoyed spending time with him. It wasn't like it was it would have been hard for him to do this a nice way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I know so, some of our uh, our other book club members said that they kind of, you know, they had some sympathy towards Martin and, mm-hmm. and he wasn't that bad of a guy, but uh, I don't know, he definitely rubbed me the wrong way and just the Same. way he handled everything was just not Same. cool. <laughs> Same. It's just you don't do that to a person. You just don't blackmail somebody, you know. You just and especially he had, he has a brother that just came out. I right. mean, of all the things. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So let's let's end on a good note. Uh, did you like it? <laughs> Definitely. Yes, I did. Yay. It was sweet and it was fun, but it still it still touched on some important issues. I felt like. Mm-hmm. I agree. It really did. Um, really, things to like think about. I wouldn't. It's not like super thought provoking, but it is definitely a lot of stuff that you know you think about and you want to reflect on. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was cute, but it was like cute, but also like really smart, mm-hmm. and I liked that about it. Like it really made you yeah. think. Yeah. Good pick. Yay. Good job, Susan. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so next book um, for January is going to be The Sculptor by Scott McCloud. Um, and this is actually a graphic novel. So it might be a little harder to obtain. Um, check your local libraries. See if they have it. Um, my library did. It's actually on hold for me to pick up today. Woo! Um, yeah. And then uh, um, I get, or, or buy it on Amazon, I guess. Yeah, I, um, I did not um, even look at the library because our library... Um, can have kind of slim choices when it comes to graphic novels mm-hmm. and especially like recent stuff it can be hard to get so I went ahead and ordered it on Amazon and I will tell you that it looks really cool I haven't started it yet but it just arrived two days Ooh, ago Nice. And it looks really really pretty so I'm yeah. excited I'm, it, the, cool. the summary sounds really interesting so I can't wait to read it yeah yeah it's yeah, gonna be a good one mm-hmm all right, so let's start wrapping this up, sadly. Yeah. Um, so you're going to want to check out our show notes on sunriserobot.net slash eclecticreaders slash 10. And there you're going to find links to all the topics we've discussed today, including all the links for our holiday shopping and all the links for the books on Goodreads and, of course, Amazon if you want to start that shopping early. Well, not that early now. but Yeah, so. I was say on time. Yeah. So if you want to start your holiday shopping punctually, go to our show notes and click our Amazon links, and we'll be waiting for your gifts. Yep. <laughs> just just email us or message us privately for our addresses. Yeah, it's fine. exactly. That's fine. <laughs> and, you know, we love feedback as well. So along with trying to get in contact with us, you can message us on Twitter or Goodreads. And where can people find you on those things, Susan? Uh, well, people can find me on Goodreads under Sue Lyons um, or our Eclectic Readers page, um, Eclectic Readers on Goodreads.com. 
And on Twitter, I am at Rudy Kaicho, which is R-U-R-I underscore K-A-I-C-H-O-U. Or on Google+, Plus, I am active there. Um, I, I only really put up like interesting links and stuff, um, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and where can people find you, Meredith? You can find me at goodreads.com backslash reading gal. So it's uh, R-E-A-D-I-N-G underscore G-A-L. How did you get that name? That's so cool. <laughs> Pretty much you just go into your settings and you can, as long as it's not taken, you mm-hmm. can set up your own special handle. That's amazing. Yep. Yeah, I did not know that. And it's <laughs> one of those nice features of Goodreads, which is how I got actually um, goodreads.com slash JMT Rivera. So that's where you can find me, or you can find me on the Goodreads page. So, And you can find me on Twitter at Dr. Jeanette. So that's D-R-J-E-A-N-N-E-T-T-E. So come give us feedback. Talk to us. We like it. Yes, please do. Yes. And I guess... One piece of feedback that I'd like to get right now. Meredith, did you have fun? Are you willing to come back? <laughs> I had so much fun. Yay. Yes. Yay. Exciting. I'm so, so glad. Meredith's going to come back. Yay. Yay. Woo, that's great. <laughs> and you can give all of us feedback by rating and reviewing us on iTunes, finding us on Goodreads, of course. Um, and we'd like to ask you, while you're in a giving mood this season, please consider supporting us on Patreon at sunriserobot.net slash support. And if you become one of our super amazing supporters, we get to thank you at the epi- end of episodes, which is really fun for us. So with that, special thanks to our awesome supporters, Benji Robinson and Carolyn Kraut. You guys are the best. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> so make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode because we love you and we don't want you to miss any of the fun. And with that, happy holidays and let's shelve this until next month. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. Bye. Bye. Bye.